Thank you for joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast live on a Tuesday night. Date of recording is Tuesday, June 1st, 2021. Welcome. Welcome to the month of June. Welcome to another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast on a Tuesday night. Like I said, you'll notice if you're watching on the stream that I am by myself. And that is because our old friend Kirk is having some issues, technologically speaking. Um, but that's all right. We had to start the stream by 9.10 or, 10 or else Facebook was going to throw a fit about it. So here we are. Here we are. And by we, I mean me. Here, here me are. Uh, I'm your co-host, Cam. Kirk will be joining us shortly. When I see him uh, pop up on the bottom of the screen there, I'll go ahead and add him in. But I am prepared to do this whole thing by myself if I have to. Um, I oh, actually, let's add him. Kurt, oh. what's up, man? Oh my goodness, I'm alive. I was just telling the the listeners that uh, I was prepared to do this by myself, which is a lie. So it's a good thing you're here. <laughs> I <laughs> I may I may have been prepared from a notes perspective, but from a, an emotional support perspective uh, I couldn't I there's no way but uh, yeah. I'd like to now introduce uh, my wonderful co-host Kirk welcome welcome to way to me. make a dramatic entrance Kirk I like it <laughs> you know I was pretty much resolved to um, slamming this laptop that's <laughs> ages and ages years old and driving to you and snuggling up next to you <laughs> In, in your my little tiny frame. little yeah there we go that would have been good yes whether i sat on your lap whatever it came down to <laughs> whatever my it takes, keys man. were in my hand i was like i gotta go i gotta get this <laughs> so yes i dig the commitment but violence is never the answer kirk even violence against your laptop even though sometimes right. it feels like it is uh it's not but you're here now and if anyone is fine would like to dedicate part of their tax refund to a new <laughs> laptop for, for me, Kirk. mine's mine's already spent on kids and such. So yeah. I just need I need your money for right. a new laptop so that I can get rid of this thing. That'd be great. It'd be wonderful. It would. It would be awesome. Um, well, glad to have you, Kirk. I'm glad that I don't have to sit here and talk to you nothing for uh, the next hour and a half. So it it's yes. it's good. It's for the best. Um, did you have a good long weekend, Kirk? Did you enjoy your oh. enjoy your time off? It was so great. It was so great. I, I feel like I got a, a lot accomplished. Uh, you know, there was some good relaxed time, good family time. And then I painted my kitchen nice. yesterday. Nice. Yeah. Pretty, pretty happy with the results. Yeah. Uh, got to see you. Uh, you and I won a, a vicious game of cornhole. Hotly contested. Yeah, it was. It was yeah. intense. We were dominating for a long period of time, and then we lost our focus. We we became too prideful, mm-hmm. and we, got, we, we were almost, bragging. We were we were cocky. Yes, and we almost got destroyed, but just by by uh, just the just the sheer will in us, uh, the competitive will in us, we won. We pulled it off. We did. It's like they always say in cornhole: don't count your corns before they hold. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's, that's exactly. The, I think that's the phrase. <laughs> Yes, I have a shirt. Should I grab it? Yeah, I think we. If that's not a shirt, it will be now because I <laughs> I just made that up, but I love it. Um, but yeah, it was intense. It was good though. Um, so so yeah, good good long weekend. I saw. I feel like Memorial Day was a little bit um, 
politically charged this year. I felt like a lot of people were like getting all over the place about Memorial Day, and uh, but I did see, and I, I don't do I don't do the politics. That's not my it's not my shtick. But I thought Chris Pratt, who's in our realm of the world, film and entertainment, I thought he had a great post because he was talking about, um, you know, he he takes a lot of flack, really for no reason, because he doesn't really like give hard stances on things. But he had a really nice post about. Memorial Day and uh, how, you know, a lot of people use the holiday to to bash America, which America has its problems, right? And and Chris Pratt even said that in his post, but he's like, this is not really the time to do it because it's about the people who are willing to give up their lives for what we have. And we should all be so thankful that people like that exist and have existed and are willing to pay the ultimate price. So, um, yeah. I, I I was glad to see that post, but um, you know, also a good time to to get some some time away to to think about all that. So, I love that. I, I actually had the uh, the the great privilege of hearing a, a two star general speak, which I, I hear those are hard to come by. I don't understand mm-hmm. the military, mm-hmm. uh, but a two star general said, you know, the people who do pay the ultimate sacrifice, what. Uh, would they be proud of what they gave that sacrifice for, mm-hmm. or would they be proud that they gave that sacrifice, knowing that people are fighting for what they believe in? So I thought that was that was pretty cool, kind of in line there with Mr. Chris Pratt. Yeah, yeah. So it was good to see. It was good to see. We've got a huge show, a massive show. We have tons to talk about. We've got um, a huge movie review this week on this week's shows. Uh, if you're listening on the stream, you'll get to hear the review. If you're not, if you're listening in podcast form, come back on Friday for the review. Um, it's Cruella, Cruella, the live. Oh, look, Kirk's got his little Dalmatian there. Um, always with the props, Kirk. I really respect it. I mean, technology <laughs> issues, the whole, the whole nine, but you're here with props and you're ready to go. I love to see it. Yes. I don't know which one this is, uh, but this is one of the 101 Dalmatians. Uh, probably lucky. Maybe. There's no tag. It's uh, China. This is China, actually. Here we go. China, yeah. This is yeah, China. I remember that one. That was a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it should be should be a fun show, fun review. We're going to wrap up the show. This is what I'm really excited about. Schoolyard pick of Disney villains. Yes. And uh, we'll talk more about that later, but that'll be a ton of fun. We've also got – We this has been a bananas week in movie and TV news, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Weird stuff I didn't expect – Weird controversies we're going to talk a little bit about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it should be a fun episode. We've got we've got really no time to waste. So Kirk and Lucky, with your I assume that's Lucky. For with your permission, I would like to kick off what's popping. Oh, one second. Yes, you may pop it up. Yes. All right, let's get started. All right, let's let's just start with this one. Can we can we just start with the Ellie Kemper controversy because this is I want to talk about this I want yeah. to talk about it because I feel like and for those of you who are not up to date on this Twitter uh, basically caught fire last night about as it always does as it always does yeah that's always on fire about something but the most recent victim of the fire I suppose was Ellie Kemper and I was surprised to see her name trending. I was like, oh, what, what's she been cast in? Let me just take a look. And then I was like, I was like that, um, that gif of Donald Glover whenever he walks into the room holding the pizza and there's like yeah. fire. That, yes. <laughs> that's what going into that uh, Twitter trend was, was like. Basically, it was like I was reading all these things that like 
Ellie Kemper's a KKK princess. Ellie Kemper's a, uh, uh, you know, a KKK queen, all this stuff. And I was like, whoa, moly, this is, this is crazy. I got to dig into this. So the story behind this is that here in St. Louis, where Kirk and I are actually from, there is a, an organization called the Veiled Prophet Organization. I don't know if it still even exists to this day. And if so, it probably doesn't have the same name, but they, there have been a number of things that uh, have existed and have been named for the Veiled Prophet Organization. It's like this old, old money, weird, uh, yes. almost like a cult type thing with this creepy, yep. like made up Veiled Prophet that's very like KKK-esque. The whole thing is weird and creepy and it was created in like 1878, which, are, which were weird, creepy times. So that tells you pretty much all you need to know about that. But that organization has been around and has been a name in St. Louis for a long time. And it turns out that in 1999, Ellie Kemper, who is a St. Louisan like us, uh, was named the queen of love and beauty at this like debutante ball for this creepy, weird um, organization. And so everybody's like, she's a KKK princess. And, you know, her family is all these like white elite uh, racist bigot people and we need to we need to cancel her and so I just wanted to give my take on this because I think it's very interesting mm. and being from St. Louis I, th I think we have an interesting perspective so for example I was in marching band in high school and every year marched in the VP parade and it was called the VP parade and I had never known what that was about until somebody was like oh did you know that VP stands for the veiled prophet I was like had no idea. It's just just something that my high school makes me do as I'm in the as I'm in the marching band, and they're like, "Yeah, you should check it out." And I, I did, and I was creeped out by the weirdness yeah. and the sketchiness of the organization. And I was like, "Ugh, that should not be a thing," uh, which is probably why they call it VP Parade now, or I think <laughs> they just call it the Fair St. Louis Parade now, or something like that. But mm -hmm. this had been around and was just kind of like woven into the fabric of. St. Louis, and I, I think most of us were none the wiser that it was around. And so um, when I saw this, I was like, I'm, I'm putting the pieces together. Okay, in 1999, yep. she was 19 years old, which is in the Midwest, still an age where like, if your parents tell you you have to go to something, you go, right. <laughs> you know, type of thing. And also like this organization had been around and had been through some major changes, still creepy and weird, right? But like had been around and had been through some changes. And so it's like, I, I, I was just thinking like, I could have been at this thing. I would have been none the wiser. You know what I mean? Like Correct. anybody, it's just like, you get dra dragged off to this thing and all of a sudden you're the queen of love and beauty. Like, I don't know exactly how it went down, but it just feels like it freaked me out because I'm like, oh gosh, it like, her parents may not have even known that this was like tied to some racist old organization. I mean, we're talking a hundred plus years later. So I'm just like, for me, I guess what I'm trying to say is for there to be a crime, there has to be intent, right? Yes. And I think it is highly likely that um, she showed up to this thing having no idea what the veiled prophet was or what this organization was. Her parents may not have even known. It's just like, some party that they go to every year and yes they are like rich white people and yes that organization is sketchy and, and weird and whatever but i think it's highly likely that uh miss kemper had no idea 
why what this organization stood for or, or what was going on and, and just ended up there and was in the wrong place at the wrong time. So I feel like we might want to pump the brakes on the uh, the cancel. <laughs> I don't know. It just yeah. I and I don't know why she hasn't said anything yet. I wish she would just come out and say that because that's honestly what I feel like is going on. Like I wish she would have just like her publicist would have just been like, hey, yeah, this is a weird thing. Here's a statement from Ellie. Like we had. We, she didn't know she was young, you know, whatever. And I would have been like, okay, so I don't know. What's your take on this, Kirk? Yeah, well, uh, earlier you told me we were going to talk about Ellie Kemper and the fact that she was in some hot water. So I brought my steamer. <laughs> what in the world? Because I, I, I may have misunderstood the, the text of notes ah, that you sent me. Yes. Um, so I brought my hot water. It's ready to go. Uh, I can iron your, <laughs> I can steam your clothes through Perfect. the screen here. I will try to do so. But what I'd really like to touch base on a couple of things. So first of all, yeah, old weird stuff that no one really knew the source of. You have a giant organization uh, that shouldn't exist, right? Yeah. But to no one's fault, the internet in 1999 was only open to the public, what, eight years, something like that? So yeah. let, let's assume the internet became public in 1991. Okay, so no one has that information readily available. Google's not really moving, if even alive at that point. Uh, so Miss Ellie Kemper is probably just going to uh, perform in some kind of beauty pageant because she wants to be an actress. I don't really think she has any understanding of what this organization is. Much like any cult at the at their, you know, Yeah, their, I think that's what I that's my take is like it's like a cult, I guess. Yes, when they're recruiting people, people don't know it. No one wants to actually join a cult. Let, let's be clear people. No one actually wants to join a cult except the founding members who manipulate people. People find out later and they're like, "Oh, whoops and then they roll out um in in most cases so mm -hmm. I, I really think um this hot water that ellie kemper is in was not was not on purpose and that's what we have to get people that are are in this cancel culture to understand like what are the circumstances yeah it's is it wrong yeah this crazy organization the, the crazy things that they do the things that they believed and the hate that they that they spread but but how is Ellie Kemper actually associated with it? Is it by proxy, by accident, or was she one of the founding members, which is completely impossible when she was a 19-year-old girl? Yeah, I don't know. It's that's that's how I feel too, and I just feel like it's crazy how fast something like this can catch fire and just is like a is a runaway train. Like it's instantaneous. Yes. I mean, somebody tweets literally some rando tweets Ellie Kemper's a KKK princess and. It's just like no link, no nothing, just like boom, gone. And all of a sudden it's number four trending in the United States and like it's over. Um, right. That's wild. And so I, what, like I said, I'm hoping that she comes out and clears all this up because I, I just felt like you and I being from this area and like having heard of things like the VP parade and like other stuff, like know a little bit more about what's kind of going on there. Like, yep. Tons of people showed up to the VP parade and just like, eh, it's the VP parade. It happens every year. You know what I mean? Nobody right. knows. Like, I had no idea. No idea until somebody told me. And I think that, yeah, date that back to 1999. This is a 100-plus-year-old organization. If you just grow up going to this party because your parents drag you to it and you go every year and one year they decide you're the queen of love and beauty, then, you know, what the heck are you supposed to do? I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, I think... I 
the organization, like you said, should not be absolved of their crimes or their racistness or whatever. Like, for sure, we should go after those guys if they're still around. Like, that organization should not exist. But Ellie Kemper feels like a the wrong target here, in my right. opinion. I would venture to say, you know, I've not been a, uh, a big parade guy, if you will. Um, I don't really... Well, they're the worst. Parades that, suck. My wife loves them, and I love her, and so I will go to them for her because it brings nostalgic joy in her heart, and I will go. But I'm not the I'm not the parade guy. When I go, I don't know who's sponsoring the parade. I'm just there to get candy for my kids and maybe a cool random merch product like a shirt or a koozie or sunglasses. Who you know, like something like that. So I don't know who's sponsoring parades. I guess I need to be more um aware and maybe we all can this can be a learning moment not let's um let's destroy ellie kemper's career like what's the point well i just think like yeah like she's not at fault when i was a kid my dad was in the rotary club you know Mm -hmm. and i got dragged to events that were by the rotary club and you know all the way you know throughout most of my life just whatever we're doing this for the rotary club or this is an event that's sponsored by this organization that's like i would have never known even up until my till my 20s i would have never been like who what what's this just like oh my parents said i had to be here at this time wearing nice clothes great (laughs) like i just i don't know it's it's an interesting thing but i'm hoping that uh hoping that she clears the air here soon because i do feel like this is a misunderstanding and hopefully hopefully it's not too far gone and and be it can be salvaged but i'm I'm hoping she comes out with like a like a an instagram live where she just like just like roasts that company and just talks just makes a makes a joke out of it uh in a in a in a good way right yeah Uh, because she's she's an incredible uh comedian and i think that she'll be able to roast cancel culture those are the moments that i look forward to when the cancel culture is wrong and the they get it wrong and the the person the accused they come out and they turn it around on them i think it's i think there are moments like that that are good for society and i think ellie kemper's the you know good to in the right position to do so yeah because I think overall, like, mistakes happen to yep. whoever you are, and, and salvation or uh, or uh, redemption is a good mm-hmm. thing for all of us to have. It's in our best interest right. that redemption remain a thing. And so maybe if somebody has three, four, five strikes, or they're doing some really messed up stuff, like, yeah, we should consider not supporting their work. But maybe if it's like a stray bullet from some weird, creepy organization that she's probably not affiliated with, we should chill out a little bit. That's right. That's just, right. Just saying. All right. Just wanted to get that out of the way because I was like, Calm ooh, I actually down. know kind of what people are saying when they say the Veiled Prophet. I've heard of that. So Cameron's uh, actually a secret member. Oh, God. Don't even start it. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. Moving right along. We've got lots of news to cover. Lots of big news. First one, this came right after our stream last week. Amazon purchased MGM, Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, the once ginormous media empire that has now sort of, eh, it's just like kind of a collection of IPs. There's the Scarecrow, uh, of course, from Wizard of Oz, which is is an, an MGM property, though I don't know that it is anymore. They like didn't mention that. It's, did. it's not. Yes, yeah, uh, M- MGM famously part of uh, Wizard of Oz. I played the Scarecrow in my high school musical, Cam, and I was mm-hmm. wonderful. I was the best Scarecrow you've ever seen in your life. 
Yep, never heard any bad reviews of that performance. I have Thank to you. Say, so. Thank you. And uh, it's sad because I was that's the first thing I thought of when this deal went down. I'm like, wait, I'm going to get to watch Wizard of Oz. I don't have to buy it on 4K and Blu-ray and digital. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. wrong. <laughs> yeah, so it's, a, it's an interesting deal, I think, for a lot of reasons. I think, first of all, the deal is valued at $8.45 billion billion dollars which i which was a price tag i was a little bit surprised to hear if i'm being honest it's felt felt high um the deal includes such properties as uh the rocky and creed films uh silence of the lambs franchise uh stargate thelma and louise the tomb raider franchise the pink panther franchise um on the tv side there's handmaiden's tale which is or The Handmaid's Tale, which is huge. Fargo, which is huge. Um, and obviously, the the big one, uh, James Bond, 007. So it will be interesting to see, though that James Bond deal is really weird and really hard to understand because, yes. of the, uh, Kirk, you probably know even more about it than I do with the Broccoli family and kind of like how they have some creative control over what happens with James Bond, even though they don't own the, like the full rights to James Bond. So it's not exactly like... It's not exactly like Amazon just purchased James Bond. Uh, that's part of it, but it's not exactly correct. Right. It's as hairy as the uh, the Spider-Man to Sony to Disney deal. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like you get to borrow him, but we get to cast him, and we get to decide right. at any moment we can pull the rug out from underneath your feet. It's basically the same deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so was surprised by that price tag. I feel like the majority of that price tag has to be attributed to... Um, James Bond and and the films therein, but I think overall I like this move. I think you know 8.45 billion for Amazon for the content library that they are striving to build is not a, not a big deal uh, to them. I think it's it's a big money deal, but like by price tag, but it's not a huge deal for them. And I think that the, this will be good for them. I think for these streaming uh, services like Netflix and Amazon Prime and uh, you know some of these guys who just kind of like popped out of the woodwork and are creating their own content libraries. This is the name of the game now. You know, there's only so much you can do from an original content standpoint. And at some point you have to start acquiring. And uh, so I think this is a good move. I think it's a good move. I'm excited to see where this goes, especially since Amazon also has one of my favorite franchises. Uh, you might not be able to see him wearing a shirt from the Lord of the Rings, the Green Dragon. Uh, but the Lord of the Rings, they have the Lord of the Rings also. Yeah. So it should be, it should be interesting. It should be very interesting. All right, moving right along. Kirk, you mentioned it briefly there. You mentioned our friends over at Sony and their current uh, Spider-Man exploits. I did. (laughs) What is happening over there? How many props do you have? This is insanity. I I can't move my chair. There are approximately (laughs) 30 props around me. Oh, my word. I just gathered everything I could while I was having computer trouble. That way I would be able to have fun. (laughs) I love it. Well, the latest news on Sony's Spider-Verse, Spider-Verse, Marvel-Verse, whatever you want to call it, is that Aaron Taylor Johnson has been cast as Kraven the Hunter in an upcoming film about the famous Spider-Man villain, Kraven the Hunter. And it's it's likely that that movie will just be titled Kraven the Hunter and will be in the same ilk as 
Venom and Mor- Morbius, which is Morbius is coming out, uh, I think next year now. I can't remember if it, all the release date shuffling, but anyway, it'll be added to their slate of villain picks. Um, Kirk, what's your reaction to, to first of all, Sony using the Mar- the their Marvel characters to spin up another villain centric movie, and yeah. also what's your take on this casting? Uh, it's pretty fascinating because, as we know, there have been so many different actors who before the MCU was like firmly established and rolling along, we had actors play those characters and then they got recast as different characters. This one is kind of wild because yeah, it's Sony, but it crosses over into into the Spider-Verse, you know? It's it's kind of baffling uh, because your mind is just gonna be like, wait, 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 Quicksilver, right? Oh, no, Craven. oh wait, oh, <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's just so interesting. Uh, but then I, I just like, that drops all, all down because I just saw this meme of Carl Urban, who famously plays uh, Dr. Bones in uh-huh. uh, the Star Trek reboot. He also plays um, uh, in Thor uh, three, he plays this this kind of troubled man between uh, who's like Hela's like right hand man, and then he he drops it, and then yeah, he goes what's off that he, character's name? Yeah, again. but it, whatever his name is, it's played by the actor Carl Urban. But he apparently it had all of these images of Carl Ur- Urban throughout his entire career, and he has been in ev- like every single Marvel iteration, and like literally, there's like. F- 40 different versions of him of being different Marvel characters. And so you're like, well, Carl Urban, uh, this like uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson is nothing on Carl Urban. (laughs) Yeah. Carl Urban played Scourge. That's the name. Scourge. Scourge. Yes. Yes. So Aaron Taylor Johnson, he just keeps adding stuff to his resume. I mean, we're going to see him as Elvis uh, pretty soon here, which is nuts. And I think it's going to be great uh, in in the Boz Lerman biopic. But this. Wait, 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 wait. Isn't that Austin Butler? Well, maybe I don't remember. They look the same to me. Look I feel at like them. it's Austin Butler. If he's well, Elvis, that's that's bonkers to me. Well, I want it to be him because look at how handsome he is. Look at his curled, furled lip. Anyways, well, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to burst your. Are you fact checking me right now, live? Cam? I just want to make sure we get it right, Kurt. Yeah, it's Austin Butler. How Sorry, dare you? Sorry. How dare you? <laughs> Sorry, but he how... was in Godzilla. Aaron Taylor Johnson was in Godzilla, and he was he was Quicksilver, as you said. So. Um, yeah, it's exciting. Whatever. Stuff. Look at his hair. He won't even have to get any makeup to to himself. His hair is He's halfway. He's kind of a shapeshifter, there. though, dude. I feel like, yeah, like when I heard this casting, I was like, Aaron Taylor Johnson has has shapeshifting in his back pocket because I feel like you see him and stuff, and you're and there, you get the cast list at the end of the movie, and you're like, huh? That who? What? Well, I would like to propose that he is actually Austin Butler and he is just fooling us all because he wants to take on more roles. That's what I think, Cam. I like it. I like that take. I like that take. Hey, I want to swing back to something you said because I think it's it's pretty interesting. And I think it is a nice segue into the next thing I wanted to talk about with this, which is that in conjunction with this... um, story about Aaron Taylor Johnson being cast in Morbius there were there were some pretty interesting quotes uh, from Columbia Pictures Sony Pictures president uh, Sanford Panich who is uh, what is that is that your diploma this is my diploma uh, to mark my wisdom and and uh, presidency wow (laughs) you want to try that one again (laughs) 
I feel like you just proved my point whenever I corrected you on the Aaron Taylor Johnson thing. This is all I could find. It, it's <laughs> it says president on there somewhere. Yeah, so it just got into your head. It was Inception. I uh... um, anyway. <laughs> Samford Panich, who is the president of Columbia Pictures, Sony Pictures, had some very interesting comments on the heels of this whole Craven the Hunter thing, because now people are starting to put the pieces together that, like, okay, we're for sure doing a Sinister Six thing here with every Spider-Man big villain getting their own movie, and they're, they're trying to build something together here, and of course there is the worst kept secret in the entire world, which is everything going on with Spider-Man No Way Home. I think the lid has been totally blown off of exactly what they're planning there with the whole multiverse, etc. But this is what's really interesting. You brought up the Aaron Taylor Johnson thing and like, is it a coincidence that he's Kraven the Hunter? Well, let's have that conversation, but let me first prime this conversation with some quotes uh, from Sanford Panich. He said, with regarding the the Sony Marvelverse, he said there actually is a plan. I think now maybe it's getting a little more clear for people where we're headed. And I think when No Way Home comes out, even more will be revealed. The great thing is we have this very excellent relationship with Kevin, meaning Kevin Feige of Marvel. There's an incredible sandbox there to play with. We want those MCU movies to be absolutely huge because that's great for us and our Marvel characters. And I think that's the same thing on their side. But we have a great relationship. There's lots of opportunities, I think, that are going to happen. So let's let's connect some puzzle pieces here, all right? We've got Spider-Man No Way Home, which is for sure some version of multiverse that somehow ties back into the old Sony movies, somehow. And I wish that I didn't have that knowledge. I wish I wasn't cursed with that knowledge because seeing that in theaters with no, like, prior knowledge would be the most incredible experience of my young life but yeah it, it is what it is it, it, we're we're here now and everybody knows and there's nothing that could have stopped that from happening it, it, it just it happened so you've got that you've got the fact that sony and marvel have a great relationship and it sounds like from mr panich's comments there's lots of room for it, continued collaboration and it sounds like whenever this deals up with tom holland and what they're doing with the MCU, there might be another deal right behind it and another deal after that one, and they might continue to work this. And then you take into effect into account that we had the weird casting of Evan Peters as Ralph Boner in WandaVision. Everybody thought that was gonna be like a universe tying in with the Fox X-Men movies. Do you think this Aaron Taylor Johnson thing is just a coincidence, or is it like Hey, it's a weird multiverse, and yeah, in this multi in this version of the universe, he might be Quicksilver, but in this one, he's Craven the Hunter. <laughs> you know, like is that possible? I I think this one. I don't know why, because I am a big conspiracy theorist on all on all Marvel things. Um, but for some crazy reason, I do believe that this is mere coincidence. I believe that maybe they 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 thought, you know, that that Aaron Taylor Johnson's pretty good. Why did we kill him off immediately after introducing <laughs> yeah. him uh, after having four different Quicksilver actors in the span of two years? I, I yeah. just think, uh, I think this one is mere coincidence. Uh, it's more of like not retconning uh, the storyline of the multiverse, but really capturing talent. That's my, that's my take. Yeah. I, I mean, I would love to see 
this big universe where things just get weird and it's like here's some old x-men characters here's some new x-men characters here's you know quicksilver in the mcu is this but in it, that same person in another universe is craving that like i would love that i would live for that and like I don't know, like the whole Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Willem Dafoe, like weirdness. I, I want all of it. I want all yes. the weirdness. And so I want to believe that there's something there. There definitely is something bigger going on, but I think you might be right. And I think this Aaron Taylor Johnson thing is not related to that. But but I was firmly in the camp of we must get all of the Spider-Man characters over to Disney Marvel and over to Kevin Feige to work with. But as the days go by, I am softening on that. And I feel like as long as they don't steal Tom Holland's Spider-Man away from us or, you know, churn out a bunch of crappy, you know, movies, which, you know, is still on the table for the record. Right, right. Then I I will be okay with it. And uh, if they do start churning out crappy movies, I will be the first one to be like, buy Spider-Man now, buy all the characters back from Sony, pay whatever it takes. Um because I just I want the whole thing to be successful for sure yes all right well that's an interesting one I'm excited we got to talk about that I'll be glued to the 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 police ticker to see what's coming over the what's what's the latest stories because these things just come out so random and so fast I had no idea that Craven the Hunter was next on the docket and this casting is is wild yes speaking of wild castings there's a segue for you David O. Russell who is who is one of my favorite directors uh, in terms of sheer talent and and I love his his flow and his style. He directed the Silver Linings Playbook, The Fighter, American Hustle, Joy. He's been around. Um, he is cooking up a new project, which will be actually be his first movie since that 2015 film, Joy. Believe it or not, wow. it's, it's crazy to think about. Um, it's an untitled film. I feel like I've been hearing about this movie for so long and somehow it still doesn't have a title. <laughs> and the most recent addition to this cast, according to Collider, is none other than T-Swizzle, Taylor Swift. And if that's not enough, listen to who else is already in this cast. Christian mm-hmm. Bale, Margot Robbie, John David Washington, Rami Malek, Zoe Saldana, Anya Taylor-Joy, Chris Rock, Mike Myers, Robert De Niro, Michael Shannon, Timothy Oliphant. They just added Taylor Swift to that group. This is the most bonkers. Honestly, I honestly think it might be the most bonkers cast I've ever heard in my life. Seriously. Yeah, David O. Russell is like just creating a time capsule uh, because (laughs) these are like the greatest hits uh, of actors, not only from now, but from the 70s. Uh, This this is what this this cast collab looks like. Uh, While I was painting my kitchen, uh, as I mentioned uh, this weekend, uh, we just turned movies on in the background. We had Hamilton going for a long time. We had um silver linings playbook playing as well and and it's just it's incredible this is uh this is someone who i can't believe there hasn't been a film directed since 2015's joy i don't it blows my mind so this is uh much anticipated to come out are they already filming do we have those details i don't i don't believe so Right, because they're so. they're still adding cast members left and right. So how yeah. could they, right? Um, adding Taylor Swift, you know, this is not her first movie. She's been in at least one, probably two or three, like just random times. Uh, this so Cats for sure. Yes. Valentine's Day. Uh huh. Those are the two that come to mind. I think there the are probably same. more. 
I think there's a couple more Valentine's Day-esque films that, you know, that she might have been in, but... Oh, you know what she was in? Is the Lorax voice actor. Oh, yes, that's right, that's right. She was... She was starred opposite Zac Efron in that. Yes, that is correct. That is correct. <laughs> so she's no she's no stranger to uh, to like acting, right? We know she's mm-hmm. a superstar uh, in song and music, but this I, I just know that he'll be able to craft her, create her into what he needs her to be with this whole with this whole other set of people. Uh, it's wild. It's definitely still wild, regardless. Yeah, he he is really good with uh, human interaction, and he has he has launched a lot of really good actors into superstardom and gotten the best performances out of them. I think he's gotten the best performances out of Jennifer Lawrence that anybody else has. I think Bradley Cooper, same thing. Yes. Um, so it'll it's going to be interesting. This cast, I, I can't stop thinking about it. It's madness. It's it's sheer madness, but I love it. Okay, moving along. If my mouse will work, we have. A couple of quick hitters. You ready for some quick hitters, Kirk, before we head into our review? Okay. Our favorite, one of our favorites, uh, Denai Guerrera, uh, who's Michonne and is in, uh, she's in The Walking Dead and she's also a Koye in, why, what, the Maui hook? Oh, that's like her spear. That's right. Now we're getting interpretive with the props. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's getting, now it's getting, it's starting to make me use my brain a little bit, but I see what we're doing. All right. Bombay. Yeah, of the Dora Milaje, Okoye is getting her own show on Disney Plus, a spinoff of the Black Panther. Um, after she appears in Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, she will get her own show that centers around this character on Disney Plus. Yes, that's, exciting that's stuff. Fantastic. Yes, bravo, Denai, bravo. Yeah, I love that they're turning. I love what they're doing with the Dora Milaje. Like, I love that they were involved. Not Okoye was not involved in. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but the Dormelage were heavily involved, and I love that they're just like those characters are baller, and Okoye is the most baller of all, and so this is going to be sick. It's just going to be her like smacking the crap out of people with that vibranium spear, and yes. I it's it'll be just like her as Michonne, with like s- slicing zombie heads off with a katana, like it's the same level. I needed that in my life, and we're gonna get it back. It's going to be wonderful. I can't Everything's going to be okay, Kirk. It's all going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next one. Um, interesting. The Tomorrow War. Did you catch this trailer, Kirk? The Tomorrow War starring Chris Pratt. This is an Amazon original film that is coming on July 2nd starring Chris Pratt. Yes. Uh, is that your future communicating device there, Chris? This is my future communicating device. It looks like, is that Paw Patrol? It's, <laughs> it's like the putt pad. It is exactly that. I love it. Yes. Yeah, we see we see Chris Pratt get strapped in and like his arm gets eaten. And then all of a sudden he has almost like a Mega Man uh, like yeah. cu- cuff. And this is what I found. So, yeah. It reminds me of uh, if you watch like football quarterbacks have the yes. like, cheat sheet on their arms that's what it looked like only it was like made of metal and dude on them i always think of buzz lightyear like i think it's his yes his little <laughs> his like little communicator panel. yeah yeah exactly uh what do you think of this trailer overall though um what uh, you see this trailer was really weird it didn't have a clear direction on what it wanted to be for me for me, uh-huh. uh, we see 
Uh, I think Chris Pratt was trying to really figure out a really unique character. Um, but what we get in doing that, at least from the trailer cut, mm-hmm. is we get Andy Dwyer from Parks and Rec <laughs> and brooding Jurassic World uh, Chris oh. Pratt. So uh, it was a little weird to have the, that juxtaposition of, of putting those back to back. Sometimes from cut to cut like him making a silly voice uh, silly face and voice with his daughter and then in the very next scene he's just like this is the end of the world yeah <laughs> it was it was a lot it was a lot and and i i don't think i can really gather like immediately i felt uncomfortable i felt like casting this movie aside and saying this is gonna be terrible i think i need trailer number two for this before i i really destroy it well, with my thoughts well it's got red flags i would say Okay. I think this movie has red flags. I think uh, the plot feels a little shake and bake to me. You know, like it, it's it's like sure it's like original per se, but it's not like super inventive. Like it's 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 like your run of the mill sci fi movie, and also he is like the guy in the movie. There are other actors who are like not very big name, with the exception of uh, why am I forgetting his name? Uh, the guy exactly um, no it's oh, gosh let me find he's it an academy you. award winner uh, JK oh, Simmons JK ah, Simmons he's yes. in it but it seems like a smallish role for him anyway um, it just I, I feel like this might be a stinker it's a it's an Amazon original film it's coming out on July 4th weekend it's a big giant sci-fi movie in the, in the vein of like Independence Day maybe they're trying to catch some synergies with that I don't know I I am concerned. I am concerned. (laughs) So we'll see. I I hope for the best. Chris Pratt keeps posting like this is the greatest movie ever made. He's like, oh, man, you guys got to see The Tomorrow War. It's going to be so dope. We made the greatest movie ever. You guys are going to love it. And I'm like, this makes me not trust you. This makes me me concerned. You You should just be like, yeah, this movie, maybe you'll like it. Maybe you won't. I don't know. Yeah, he's uh, he's overcompensating. That's yeah, scary. It is scary. It is scary for sure. Okay, two other quick hitters. A Quiet Place debuted this weekend. It'll be the subject of our review for next week. If anybody wants to get ahead on their homework, we are going to be checking out A Quiet Place Part 2. Um, it debuted this weekend to the tune of $57 million, which is the biggest box office earning for any film since COVID hit largely on the U.S. mainland. Um and the box office overall, with Cruella racking up around 21 million, I think is what I saw. The U.S. box office did around 79 million overall Memorial Day weekend, not including Monday, as far as I know. Mm. And that is the biggest weekend since since COVID. So mm-hmm. that is a huge deal. I was lucky enough to go to theaters this weekend and check out Cruella. It was great. The theater was packed. Every seat sold, um, minus the social distancing seats, of course. But um, it was it was good to see. Good to see the theaters back and good to see a good performance and can't wait to see Get Quiet Place Part 2, which like I said will be the subject of our review uh, next week. And finally, last one, and this is a great one. Howard University, which is an HBCU uh, historically black college or university, I think in this case a university because it's called Howard University. Uh, they're naming their fine arts school after none other than Chadwick Boseman, who is an alum and obviously an incredible actor who tragically passed away. So that is great to see uh, that he'll be honored forever at Howard University. That's 
you know, what a shining example he is for that university and um, HBCUs. And, and he's, he did so much for uh, his people, which is which is awesome to see. So that's that's very exciting. And, and kudos yep. to Howard University for making that call, because I think it's a great one. We'd love Excellent. to see it. Yep. All right. That's all we got. Let's pop it up one last time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. Our executive producer is Ryan Spriggs, and our original music is by Rhetoric. You can check them out on Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Music. We are on Facebook, at Popcorn the Number 4 Breakfast, as well as Twitter and Instagram, at PFB underscore podcast. Check the description to find out how you can connect with us on Discord, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and follow us on Twitch. If you like this episode, please subscribe, like, comment, rate, or review. And if you want more, you can find all of our episodes and videos on popcorn the number four breakfast.com. We'll see you next time. Yeah.